Yeah, this is Mike Thunder, the lover from Down Under. Just want to let you know that you can't have a complete transformation in the Mike World Order without having Mike World Order merchandise. Oh, yeah. Just remember, if you want the ladies to feel the rain, you got to give them the thunder. Check out the website at tinyurl.com slash MWO merch so you can make the ladies see your swagger and feel the thunder. The following announcement has been paid for by the Mike World Order podcast. Hosted by Mike Cook. Before I uh, start tonight's episode, I uh, just want to take a quick moment to uh, send my condolences to the family of one of my uh, childhood friends, Chris Hodges, his mother that I've known since high school recently passed away from battling the COVID virus. Everyone has their beliefs. I still say in my mind, this is real because it's one of those things, we're still fighting for our freedom, for normalcy, but until we get there, let's just do what we need to do. Now that being said, it's Wednesday you know what time it is Welcome to the first week of the Mike World Order Great American Bash. As always, I am your host, Mike Cook, a.k.a. Mike Thunder, on now the newly sponsored Mike World Order Live podcast, sponsored by OE or Entertainment Enterprises. Mike Cook has officially signed the contract. As you saw on the last episode, we're official, we're legit, we're out there. And as always, later on, my co-host, Logan Slater would be on as soon as he finishes up with his episode of AEW Dynamite. At the same time, later on, we're gonna have J-Rob pop in, give him his usual uh, moment to talk that ish and let it be known how things are run in his neck of the woods, son. I just wanted to add that part in to sound cool. Now, this week, we're having not one, but we're having two special guests. Tomorrow night, we will have Kate Hessler from the Mark Order podcast. And also want to mention a quick shout out to my fellow brothers, I Speak in L.A. Stone, SNRG. Some never really get. They will be performing 
in Washington, D.C. on SummerSlam weekend. Now, fortunately, I won't be there. But know this. I will be there supporting in spirit. And as you see, as I put my hand out there, once again, copy of Mustafa Ali. You always know that we are always one. Now, that being said, tonight's guest, I've known this guy a good while, a good chunk of years. But the persona that he's taken on recently, it's quite caught me off guard. Not going to lie. Because when I think of his character, the first thing I think of is the originator of it, the late, great Art Barr, the guy who is the sole inventor of the Frog Splash. Let's be honest. Without him, we wouldn't have seen Eddie Guerrero to be the person that he is in terms of his character and everything in between. I can honestly say it, and I say it in every conversation of uh, Eddie Guerrero, without Art Barr, I don't think we would have seen the Eddie Guerrero character. And anyone who wants to disagree has clearly never heard of Los Gringos Locos, La Pareja de Terror, when they were wrestling in the AAA promotion in Mexico. Now he's taking on the persona. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys who are very knowledgeable wrestling fans, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. You know what time it is. Tonight's guest making, well, the spirit of his character, making its return for the first time since 1995. Wow. Y'all do the math on that. 1995. I welcome onto the show the one and the only Love Machine Jr. Oh, what's up, Big Mike in the house? How you doing, brother? Oh man, Love Machine, you you haven't changed. You still got the 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 art bar mustache, and I mean, I'm pretty sure you're gonna grow out the the long hair. Cause you already got his. Mullet. Oh yeah, it's growing. Yep, we got the hair growing in the back too, brother. Oh yeah, cause he day before day. he got smoked. Oh man, he. You okay with everybody? Like you. Got these headphones is messing up the mask, man. But we're good. I see. We're it's good. Like we're ready to rock and roll. I I, I see. Like okay, if you if you're ready, I just want to make sure you're comfortable. You know, because we're oh, all we're about good, the man. We're ready to rock and roll. We're, we're ready, ready to, to rock, rock and roll. And roll. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still like, before I even get to the first question, I'm like, I can't help but seeing you adjust. There we your go. Mouth. There we go. We're, we're good. Yeah, we're good now, brother. Yeah. How you doing, guys? All right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, so the first question that I mean, I already know parts of it, but for our Mike World Order listeners, tell us, where was the origins of where you came from in terms of starting in this crazy world that we know and love called pro wrestling? Well, before I was the Love Machine Jr., 
I'd started out wrestling back in 2006. I was trained at Mad Dog Vashon's Academy in Omaha, Nebraska. And from there, I worked some indies under a different character, different persona. And I went over to Japan and I trained in the Big Japan Professional Wrestling Dojo and worked some freelance companies over there. I still do my other character. A little spoiler, I'll give it away. My other name is Levi McDaniel. However, I'm working a lot of Lucha Libre professional wrestling companies now, independent companies here in the central states and soon to be beyond. And yes, we've resurrected the Love Machine gimmick, the character. I'm working as Love Machine Jr. for these Lucha Libre companies. And it's something that I've done actually, I don't know, probably eight or nine years ago, but I did it one time for this promotion. And the promoter actually used to live in Mexico, and he said he promoted some shows with our bar. His name is Jose Vega. And he asked me to do this this gimmick, so here we are, man. I just brought it back, um, worked a few shows for them already this year, and the next one coming up is in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Midwest Mexican Wrestling, and that's going to be September 12th. So the gimmick seems to be going on pretty good there. The fans really enjoy it, so we're going to keep it rolling, man. And that's so funny because that pretty much answered part of what uh, I was going to originally ask. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure you had to uh, get certain permissions from, I wasn't sure if it was from Art Bar's family or possibly, you know, the promoters. Sure. Well, you know, I would love, I would love nothing more than to have contact with the family of our bar and talk to them about this. But fortunately I haven't, it's just been one of those things where years ago, like I said, I used this gimmick once um, or twice back in the day and the promoter seemed to like it and he asked me to bring it back. So, you know, whether or not he's full of shit, I don't think so. He's, he's pretty well-known promoter in the air, excuse me, in the area. And he's claimed to have promoted shows down in Mexico with our bar and knowing he said he knew him personally. So, you know, it was one of those deals. He asked me to do it and I wasn't going to say no. Wow. So by any chance, are, are you gonna, I know this sounds like a dumb question asking as a, uh, as a wrestling fan, but, um, do you plan on attempting to do the frog splash as a finisher? Yes. And actually, the last match that I did this Love Machine gimmick character in, um, I did do the frog splash as the finish. And, you know, put it this way, man. I've done that move before as my other persona, as myself. But when I climbed to the ropes wearing this the mask and donning the Love Machine character, I felt the spirit alive in me. And I felt the move. It felt like it meant something a lot more to me from the inside out, you know, the fans, obviously they remember our bars fought frog splash. Some of these kids, you know, these younger people, they may never have seen the original love machine. So it's cool to be able to give the fans, the Mexican wrestling fans and the American Mexican wrestling fans and whoever else fans who are at the show to witness. It's cool to give them a little homage. And it's also cool to be able to do a move where the fans who really know the true art bar, machine can sit there and take it in and remember it 
and I felt myself as I jumped off the rope. I felt myself getting higher than I would have normally, and I felt the impact, and it felt like it was meant to be, man. So I want to keep the party rolling. Got to keep this character going, man, as long as the crowd's loving it, everybody. I'm doing it out of love and respect. It's not supposed to be any type of joke. Uh, the promoters like it. We had uh, Mexican wrestlers there. We had guys who have wrestled around and known our bar, and they all have respect for me. So it's not like uh, just some gringo throwing the mask on. You know, when I go to the back and I'm speaking with some of these wrestlers from Mexico and they tell me they respect me and that I belong with them, then that's all I need to know, man. Wow. And, and, yeah. that, and that's crazy. Also adding in, um, joining in uh, a few moments ago, my co-host, my, what's what other phrase can I use for Logan? El um, confidant. Yes, my better, my better half. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad you finally admitted that. I've been admitted <laughs> it. <not me. laughs> Looking only good, you, brother. Only like you, Logan. Thank you. Only you, Logan, can make my face blush. All right, this guy got a little lovey-dovey. This is about him. This, well, well, I'm the love machine right in the middle, so yeah, love exactly. machine right here. I got love on my left and love on my right. We'll make it happen, baby. <laughs> and here he is stuck in the middle with us. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Feeling it. But how I mean, are you today, man? I'm good, man. I just got done eating dinner. We had some Mexican sopes, and everything's going good here, man. Oof. And living life, man. Great. Now I want tacos. Yeah, go for it, brother. Gotta find out what we're having for dinner now. I noticed also, uh, Love Machine Junior, that uh, even though you didn't mention your your actual alias, I don't care. I'm still calling you Love Machine Junior because even though I've known you for so many years um, through social media like Facebook, I'm not gonna lie. I'm marking out right now like a little fanboy. I'm not gonna oh, lie. right on, man. But, uh, Dude, I've known you for so long, man, and it actually started with the Pro, Pro Resu forums, man, from back in the day, man. That's where I first remember you from, to be oh, honest. Man. Same That's here. The, the, the good yeah. old Pro Resu fan. No, I don't know anything about it, man. So, Stuart, he's the guy who was running the forums and the website, right? Okay, yeah. He got recently, uh, it was pre-COVID. He got incarcerated for uh, stalking and harassing a few women. Oh, wow. Pretty much friend zoned them. And then when he found out one of them was dating someone, he ended up attacking them. And it was literally all over the internet and everything. And uh, you figure in a situation like that, you would try your best to save face. But they had the clip of it on the actual website to where as they escorting him out, he still talking shit and i'm like wow um, it's like you're caught you're done well not just caught that right well not just that from from what we've seen of the guy you would have never expected it yeah, yeah exactly at all i didn't know him personally but I, I do remember him now that you mentioned him and yeah. you know that's the thing man people like that I, you never know what was going on in his life i'm not saying what he did was right obviously but People get to a point where who knows what the hell is going on in their head and 
just because they were cool at one time doesn't mean that they're going to be cool forever, I guess. So that's pretty fucked up. I never heard anything about that till now. Wow. I mean, some of the guys from the forums I still keep in touch with, maybe one or two, and, and it was one of them that literally sent me the link, and I was like, wow. Would have never saw it coming. Wow. The things you learn. The more you know. Yep, 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 for sure. That's crazy, man. Good old forums, man. That's back in the day. I don't even know if those forums are still going on in any sense, man. Most people use social media, and forums are kind of a thing of the past now. Yeah, plus, ever since he got locked up, he pretty much shut the site down afterwards. Okay. Yeah, forums are like better. floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love Machine Jr., um, you also mentioned that you were uh, trained at the Big Japan Dojo. Um, one of one of our uh, panels on the show, as I like to call it, the Mount Rushmore of MWO, uh, one of them being Craig Classic. Oh, for uh, sure, man. He's, he's known for, you know, being a mainstay at that uh, dojo as well. By any chance, do you two, do you two ended up, like, intervening at the dojo, or did y'all just never really cross the well, same path? Yes, Craig and I had met, but it wasn't at the dojo. He might not recognize me with this mask on, obviously, but um, around the time I went to the dojo – he'd already been gone from the dojo. And I believe at that time he was, um, he, he'd either just left or he'd left a little bit sooner. And he was already working with zero one at the time. However, back in those days, they were the days of MySpace, And I don't know, I might've used Facebook a little bit, but I definitely used to message him quite a bit. We talked a little bit, man. Um, I had a lot of respect for him. I don't know what he really thought of me. He didn't really know me very well, but he was someone that it was well known that he had already trained there. And, you know, it was just someone when I went there to train that I'd reached out to and just talked to a little bit, man. But um, I want to say at the time I was at least, I don't know, there might have been someone in there between, but as far as I know, Craig was like the first real gaijin to stay and train at the dojo. Um, other than maybe, you know, some guys went over on tour and they might've trained a little bit, but Craig, as far as I know, was the first real, um, gaijin to sit there and train his ass off at the dojo. And I'm pretty sure I was the second and I can't hundred percent say that, but as far as I know, I was around that time, like I said, Craig had already gone, um, later on, maybe a year later, I actually, Went to Shinjuku. I talked to Craig before the Zero One show. I bought a ticket from him and I went to watch as a fan. And I went in hopes of talking to the promoter afterwards about maybe wrestling for Zero One. And Craig was super nice. I met him after the show and he introduced me to the promoter. And the promoter told me to basically lift up my shirt. He looked at my belly and he told me that he wasn't going to book me because I didn't have a six pack of abs. But, yeah, that was uh, zero one for me. They, Craig was super cool. Craig's a super cool dude, man. Every time I've interacted with him, it was cool. Um, however, I never worked for zero one, and I never will. I mean, if, if something later down the road came, maybe. But at the time, it just wasn't really possible. Um, but, yeah, Craig, man, I don't have anything bad to say about him, man. I've followed him most of his career, and 
I think Craig's an awesome dude, and I would have loved to have had a chance to wrestle with him um, and even train with him. But like I said, we were just more like uh, associated through the internet, and I think by me training there it was enough for me to talk to him a little bit to where um, I could try to, you know, make that happen with zero one. But like I said, there was no, there was interest on my end, but uh, they didn't seem to be interested in me at the time, which whatever. Uh, I don't have any hard feelings because Japan's a very hard place to get work, especially if you're not well known. And that's just how it went, man. Well, I'm pretty sure now as, as love machine, you, you might, you might, because I, I do remember correctly, um, as the American machine, he did do a best of the Super Juniors tour, if I remember correctly, Art Bar. So you never know. Never you know. know. Sometimes it takes that character change just to, sure. um, you know, have that, that second, you know, that second shot in the arm for it. I mean, look what it did for someone like Nikki Cross. Oh, for sure, man. Mm -hmm. And. Um, I guess while we're talking about Japan, might as well just tell the story, man. I Yeah, we, we want to hear plenty of – you got uh, any stories? Hey, this is the – When I got there, when I got there, literally, that's when I dove deep into the forums that you knew me from. That's when I really was finding out learning as much as I could about Japanese wrestling. And I was legitimately – when I arrived in Japan, I had trained for Mad Dog Bashan's Academy. And I've worked in American Indies for half a year to a year having matches, but I was basically under a hood, not as love machine. It was just a generic gimmick under a hood, and I was doing squash matches and jobber matches. I wasn't really doing anything. But still, when I went to Japan, I was ready to learn and do this style. And I had a DVD made of me getting squashed in the States, basically. And I'd sent it out to every promotion I made a girlfriend over there right away that could make phone calls for me. And I was trying to get work from wherever I could. And pretty much I didn't hear back or I heard no from everywhere except for Big Japan Pro Wrestling. They were the ones that invited me down to the dojo. And uh, that's how it started, man. But after training with them for about a year, I tried going out on my own because I was ready to I wanted to do freelance at the time. I wasn't interested in doing death matches. Now I will do them under my other persona and I would do them under love machine junior. If you have the right opportunity, however, it's not my preferred style. Um, if it's going to be with weapons, I prefer old school hardcore, but my real, um, favorite style of work is either American style, old school style or the Lucha Libre. Anyway, so I tried getting into Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Great Sasuke wouldn't even talk to me. I went to their show and um, tried to help tear down the ring. He wouldn't even let me do that. Um, let's see. I had a chance to go to All Japan Pro Wrestling to train with them. However, just I, I wasn't able to do it at the time. They wanted me to be full-time, but I was kind of already doing other things. You know, I was working another job, and wrestling some very small indies um the one indie that really took a liking to me over there was called hokto pro wrestling and they were up in hokkaido and it was a indie but they gave me a shot at you know training and doing some more things so 
I just wanted people to know that just because you go there to Japan doesn't mean you're going to get opportunities. Doesn't mean they're going to just you can walk into somewhere and get matches because I, it was like hustling 101 just to try to get work over there, even with having training and having some experience under my belt. I couldn't just it's not like in, in your head, like if you dream about it, you can just go there and just do whatever you want. Like it just doesn't happen. So I was there for two years, got to work a few indies. Then I came back to the States and that's where I've been. I went back for 30 days and worked some more indies. But since then, man, I haven't really been back in Japan. So right now I'm just focusing on building this character and doing the best I can and hopefully going down to Mexico to work here soon. So, like many people last year in uh, 2020, um, they took a, a hard loss in terms of, uh, you know, wrestling and having work due to the uh, the coronavirus. Um, how did that affect you in any type of way? Oh, it was brutal for me, man, because, you know, I, I'm in the central states. I live in Iowa. Um, before COVID, I was wrestling regularly throughout the central states. COVID time, I wrestled maybe four shows during that whole year or year and a half or whatever. Um, we just got back to working. I've been working two or three shows a week um, beginning of the summer and been staying pretty busy now. But um, COVID was a horrible time for me personally because, um, and I'm not afraid to tell my story, but I'd become an addict to certain drugs and alcohol. I wasn't wrestling. was going through divorce. And it was a very dark time for me. Um, my ex-wife had kicked me out of the house and I was living in my car and just not really had the mindset for anything good. So without wrestling, I didn't have my outlet of positivity, I should say. And I just was, was miserable, man. So I'm glad that COVID bullshit's about over and we're, you know, we're, we're making shows and we're making money and we're doing some fun things and the wrestling's really growing. We got a lot of fans and a lot of people coming to these shows now, man. People are definitely ready to come out. Oh, yeah. I can, I, I can only imagine me being a fan as well. Logan, this what? is the point where I... Wow. <laughs> His eyes got all big. What? <laughs> it's like I was in trouble. Oh no! This, you're the co-host. This is the part where you know. Look, I already you know got my few questions. Why is your eyes popping every time I smile? Like, what's wrong with you? Because your teeth are uber white. Uber <laughs> white, maybe. Does does that help? Does that help? So, you're still smiling, aren't you? Yeah. Okay then. <laughs> I can still see you smiling. Anywho. <laughs> Logan, so I'm pretty sure you got a few questions that you might want to ask Love Machine Junior while you know we're here. Well, I'm at the learning tree right now, really. I'm going to admit it. You're just high. Mikey Stars is always starting shit. Um, one thing about our, our chat panel, our, our regulars are very interesting. I might want to add one of them being very the funny. one Mikey Starks, where a lot of the funniest catchphrases and moments on Mike World Order, 
he's been pretty much the antagonist for it, you know. And it's and it's always me catching. Just, just I don't know how to describe it. I'm the one that's like paying attention. Like, wait, what did you just say? Yes, like Logan is very attentive with the the group chat because. Matter of fact, our most epic quote that was used on the show came from Craig Classic um, because he, I guess, misinterpreted uh, one of the comments in the chat, you know, because Logan pointed out he thought that someone mentioned, when was I going to defend my titties? And oh, man. Craig, with this, like, zoned out look, was like, who, me? Defend my titties, and it was like the biggest poppity episode compared to any other episode. And that's where War for Them Titties came from. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're, you have the same outlook as we do, Mr. Love Machine. I mean, anyone who has the name of Love Machine, I'm pretty sure has backed it up as well. We love titties if her name's Love Machine. Definitely, I love yes! big old titties. That's why I actually I, I wear another mask when I wrestle, and it's the closed mask. However, oh. this is my, my titty-sucking mask and my, my Coca-Cola-drinking <laughs> mask and my eating food mask. So I just had a ate dinner, had a cigarette, and ready for those titties in the mouth there, buddy. But <laughs> got the open mask on, man. So this is uh, – Interview style mask, I guess. That's why I have to keep adjusting it. I'm not used to wearing this this one. But it even smells nice for you, man. There might be something left in the stash too. I don't know, but it's wearing off on the mask right here. Got some crumbs in the stash. I, that might, man. I, I, it might be the lighting. It might be some crumbs. I don't know. If something's in there. I can taste it. I can smell it. Uh, what What was it that drew you to Art Bar? Well, okay, when I was a kid, I loved Lucha Libre. I watched mm. all styles of wrestling. Like, I wouldn't miss anything. I watched, you know, WWF, WCW, not only Raw and SmackDown, but I watched Nitro Thunder. I didn't miss, I never missed Heat. I watched everything whenever it was on. However, we also had Galavision and Telemundo, so I could watch AAA. CMLL, and I never mm. missed any of those either. So, honestly, as a kid, I feel like no matter where you're from, you're going to be drawn towards, um, let's say, obviously, Lucha Libre is different. It's in Mexico. They're speaking Spanish. I'm a white dude from Iowa. When I see a white dude with American, you know, and love mask and acting like a juggler out there, you know, kicking ass and wrestling. That's someone I could picture in my head of me being, you know, as a kid, you can like guys like the undertaker or Kane, but you know, if, if you're just like a plain ordinary guy, it's hard to actually imagine yourself being them. Um, Art bar was someone I thought of, you know, it would be cool to be a white dude down in Mexico, kicking ass. Basically. I thought that was badass. Not only that, but I like the moves. I like the style, everything about it. And big fan of AAA Mexico, big fan of CMLL. And now 
I, I, what I watch when I watch a lot of wrestling is I watch a lot of AAA wrestling. And I try to follow a little bit of everything. However, you've only got so many hours in a day to actually sit down and watch matches. So my primary go-to is streaming AAA. And if I just have the fancy of watching whatever pops in my head, I just pop it in on YouTube or Daily Motion and just try to catch a match of whoever. But I don't really 100% follow WWE or AEW. Or a lot of these other popular promotions, I just kind of, whatever I feel like, I just search it and watch it. So, that's about that. That's how it should be. Like, the independent scene is growing more and more every day. And there's a a lot of uh, good. I'm different, man. I like to watch some of the good, and I like to watch some of the bad, and I like to watch some of the ugly. So... Some of the real shittiest wrestling, I get an itch to watch some for some reason. Sometimes it's like it'll pop in my head and I'll just type it in on YouTube and watch something that's not good. And I, I don't sit there and comment. I don't I don't make fun of people. That's one thing about me is I just try to stay positive. If I don't really enjoy a certain match, I try not to even talk about it. Um, but the thing is, is actually being a wrestler and performer – I know there's guys better than me. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. But you're not going to see me talking shit about some matches. If I'm sitting there watching it, then what am I, you know? I can't be watch. I can't be – people can talk, watch my matches and shit on them if they want, but I'm not even going to comment back because you might have a few people shitting on it, but then there's other people that say it's awesome. So it's just one of those things, man. Everybody has their own opinions with wrestling of all styles, you know? Is there a, from somebody who is not going to lie, as I said, going to the learning tree of Love Machine Jr., what is a match that you recommend to the fans of yours? Well, the thing is, man, is this is something I haven't been good about. I haven't been good about necessarily getting everything on footage. I've been trying to do better. However, a lot of these promotions, um, it's hit or miss with them. So if my girlfriend's with me, um, she'll film. If, if she's not, well, I might have a tripod. I might try getting the match up there. But um, it's I've got, I can't really say 100% who it's going to be with coming up. But September 12th, I'm supposed to have a pretty good match. And it's going to be in Omaha for Midwest Mexican Wrestling. I think it'll be good. Um, the last match I had was, as Love Machine, was versus a guy named the Sheik Kadeen. And he actually is doing like a original Sheik gimmick. So it was a clash in styles, and the match was uh, whatever, but basically it turned into a tag team match. And it was kind of like wrestling with some American independent workers and it was just so-so, but that that matches out there on my YouTube channel. Hoping, uh, I'm really hope wanting to get some quality matches. You know, as Love Machine, but it just kind of, like I said, <laughs> wherever the promoters have me is where I go. So I'm actually this Friday, I'm gonna be wrestling as Love Machine up in Minnesota, and I talked to the promoter today. And it sounded like. It's going to be – he don't even know who I'm going to be working with. So 
that's indie wrestling for you, man, on some of these shows. It ain't all like Ring of Honor or the top indies where you have all these big hype for these matches. I'm kind of out here in the Midwest just showing up and doing whatever they want me to do, man, unfortunately. So I would definitely if, – now if you ask me of some guys I would like to wrestle with, it would be – well, we had Cien Caras Jr. was at the last Midwest Mexican wrestling show, and I'd like to wrestle him. Um, mm-hmm. Else, um, who else? Of course, I'd like to wrestle Blue Damon Jr. Um, who wouldn't? But I would uh-huh. say any type of name that would help give me credibility is who I'd like to have some matches with. Um, like I said, I'm planning on going down to Mexico to work this gimmick, and whoever I go up against is whoever I go up against. But I'm gonna do it, give it everything I got, and just try to go down there with an open mind and see who they got for me, and hopefully I can get a to lock up with some big stars. I'm not afraid of anybody. I've got my other persona can come out if I have to a little bit. I'll keep the mask on, but my other persona is pretty fearless without a mask. And just because I have this mask doesn't mean it's going to be some kind of comedy gimmick. Um, I'm still my own person at heart, which means I'm willing to go in there and fight with anybody they put in front of me. Um, I just want the opportunities to get in there with some, some of the big names and show them what I can do. But we'll see what happens. And Drago is another big name as well. Well, for sure. I mean, he's cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to wrestle any of them guys, you know? One of my favorite luchadors was Super Astro. He's retired now. He wrestled for like 30 years. Wow. But um, some of the old school guys are the ones I really would have liked to wrestle. But it is what it is. I'll get my shot with whoever. Whoever they put in front of me, I'll do my best to have a good match for the fans. That's what it's all about. That is true. What's up, J-Rod? So what's going on? Hey, J-Rod looks like he's about to go skiing. I know, right? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm trying to escape from people on my job. Peeing asses. Fuckers. How is the slope? I mean, it it looks cold out there. Nah, it's just that I'm out. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah, but I was listening. I was listening to the show, um, Love Machine Junior. I I heard the discussion that you were talking about the great Sasuke. That he was like, he's he from. I heard a lot about Great Sasuke being like that type of person, right? Um, like he, I mean, I'm not talking smack about the guy. I mean, he's a good wrestler, he's a good performer, but there's known in backstage guys don't really like that much. <laughs> well, here's and, the deal, man. This was my letdown moment of Japan because great Sasuke is someone I highly admire. He's actually in my top of all time Japanese wrestlers. He's one of my all-time favorites. And even the Japanese workers will say he's got a god complex about him where he's almost like like God. That's how he carries himself. So I was only like 19 years old at the time, and I was there. The only white dude in the building i'm wearing a suit and was trying to make it known that i was there to talk business and you know i had an opportunity where he was right in front of me and i said to try saying hello and he just walked right past me so after that i literally after the show i walked right up to the guys that was the younger guys tearing down the ring and i, I don't remember if i grabbed like the canvas or the i grabbed something and i was trying to tell them yeah, I'm, I just want to help. 
and they basically just shooed me off, like, get the hell out of here, like, the show's over. And it was like, there was, at the time, I didn't speak too much Japanese yet, because it was at the very beginning of my two-year tour there, and they didn't know who I was, nothing about me, but I was, I had the positive intentions of being respectful and just trying to show that I want to be a part of Michinoku Pro Wrestling at any cost, whether it being just a trainee, doing whatever they want, I was willing to do, but I never had that time one-on-one to actually tell them what I was trying to do. So later on, I had a Japanese friend. This was probably a month later because I was just being persistent. I had him email the company, which I had already emailed a hundred times and never heard back. Then this guy, I had him call for me on the telephone and he talked to somebody in the office and I don't know, it could have been Sasuke, it could have been someone else, but they lived in Michinoku Pro Wrestling was based out of Morioka, Japan. And we got in my friend's car and we just drove down there and he had some address he was giving, given for like a dojo, but the address was fake. There was no dojo. So we ended up just like driving down there for nothing. And we ended up going and eating out, having some food and, you know, just sightseeing and stuff like that. But I felt bummed out the whole time. And later on, I trained um, after Big Japan. I trained with Yuki Ishikawa from Battle Arts. And I had brought this up to him. And he said that Sasuke was one of his best friends. So it's one of those things where the guy's highly respected. And um, maybe he just had no time for anybody. I don't know. I don't know Sasuke personally. So... He could be a great guy. He might not be, but a lot of Japanese guys, if you show them your intentions and you're respectful, they're really polite and happy and nice to you, but Sasuke wouldn't give me the time of day. However, that's not going to change my views on him because he's one of my biggest inspirations. Like I said, I just wish I would have had the opportunity to to do some business in Michinoku Pro Wrestling. It would have been really cool for me, but it didn't happen, so you never know. That is what it is. And I got another question. Me being the old Japan biased guy here, um, what made you not want to wrestle full time in uh, all Japan for wrestling? Well, okay, at the like, time, what threw you, like what, like just like kind of threw you off, basically. Well, here's the deal: I had just finished training with Big Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'd started doing like the freelance stuff in Japan, smaller promotions. Of course, who in their right mind wouldn't want to wrestle for all Japan? I did. However, I had. I was working a normal job in Japan, too. And I was kind of in the point where I was tied down to a job so I could make somewhat of a living. You've had the guy on the show, Rene Dupree. You had him on here uh, a few weeks back. Actually, I went to an All Japan show, and I talked to him outside the show before the show started. And he was the one that first, you know, he was a super nice guy. He would mentioned to me, um if I had interest in working for all Japan and he was just trying to be friendly and see if he could help me out. Um, he decided something about maybe going to the dojo, this and that. Now, after the show, I actually was able to talk to some of the management and they told me based off of what I had done, if I'd be interested, I could come to the dojo full time. Now that doesn't, that was no guarantee saying I'd be working for all Japan full time. It was just an invitation to, be full-time at the dojo and at the moment I just I really couldn't take the opportunity um like I said I had other bookings lined up and all I was 
working a job and uh, I had a house there. The house was not nowhere near where the dojo was. And there was a lot of variables that just said I couldn't just go give up what I had already been doing just to go stay in another dojo, you know. Now, if if they would have said, hey, man, come on the road and wrestle and we're going to pay you, that would have been a different story. But it was just more like a full-time invitation to the dojo. And I just, I, I just really couldn't, I just couldn't do it right then and there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, so, I'm like huge on all Japan because, you know, growing up, like, I really didn't like have, as a kid, I, like I had more Lucha Libre, like AAA and CML assets here in, um, in the city where I used to live at. And I used to watch a lot of um, Lucha Libre, all types of Lucha Libre matches. And that's when I learned about Psychosis, Ubuntu Guerrero, Ray Mysterio, um, Super Porky, may he rest in peace, um, Hector Garza. I learned about all those wrestlers, um, Pedro Guayel, you know, and it's oh, yeah. and it's like I'm I'm more into that. Like I was like, wow, this is great, you know, you know, this is a different style of wrestling I never saw before. And then when they when I saw him come to WCW, I was very familiar with it because I was a huge WCW fan. Sure. And it was like they had the different styles where they had a tradition where, you know, the, the mask was a tradition. And I was learning more about it from Mike Tanay because I'm trying to figure out why they always wear masks, why all the wrestlers wear masks. And he said that they traditionally it, it's been carried on from family. Like from that third generation, like say, for example, Ray Mysterio was, was taken on the name Ray Mysterio Jr. from his uncle. And I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. Like you can actually do that in Mexico. And then and they usually will have those traditional hair versus mask matches where I watched a couple of times and I'd be shocked at you know, seeing the people who lose their mask or get their hair shaved, you know. And it's very interesting because I grew up in that era, like in the like early nineties to, to now, you know, right. watching um, you know, because I knew I knew Art Bar. I didn't know Art Bar as Love Machine. I knew him as the Juice because I watched him back then too. And I didn't really know much about him until I started watching YouTube videos. And and he was one time in Galavishon, where which is a Spanish channel for Mexican wrestling uh, in New York. And I was like, holy shit, this is some good wrestling. For sure. You know. And I was just like, I never understood because, see, where where I come from, like I. I'm like almost 40 years old. All I had was WWF and WCW. We didn't have any other promotions or ECW to be correct. We had ECW in the area where I lived at. And, um, you know, that was the only three companies. I started learning more with from Mike. And the one company I knew outside of all those companies was New Japan for wrestling. So it's like if you were ever to have this shot, like an invitation from New Japan, will you accept it? Like to be in the best Super Juniors tournament? Oh man, at this point, any major promotion, if I had an opportunity, I would go there. And it's not necessarily, um, let me say, I want to say this the right way. It's not to me necessarily about saying I wrestled for X promotion, it's knowing that these promotions have some of the best talent and it would give me the opportunity to wrestle some of these guys. 
whether it's New Japan, All Japan, um, AAA, CMLL, um, Ring of Honor, whatever, any of these bigger well-known companies, to me, I'm a fan of wrestling. So if I'm in a, a ring in front of a few people or if I'm in a ring in front of a lot of people, if I'm in a promotion with a lot of internet fans or one without any, it's all the same. However, the one thing that's different is who your opponent is. And the feeling of having a match with a good opponent and being able to show them exactly what you can do, that's like what it's all about, you know. A few weeks ago, I got to step in the ring with Christopher Daniels from AEW. That was in uh, <laughs> it was in a six-man tag match, man. And I had met him on this, this show – uh, this promotion ran about a month before. It was the first time I met him. <clears throat> Christopher Daniels is someone I have great respect for. And how, okay, getting to actually be in there and show him and the fans that I can do the what I do with someone on that caliber, it wasn't in an AEW ring. It was in an independent ring. So like I said, it's not about the promotion for me necessarily. It's just being put in opportunities to wrestle some of these bigger name guys and showing the world what I can do. That's what I'm after right now. I've done wrestled. Yeah. I've done wrestled as my other persona for a lot of independent wrestling promotions, over 50, some promotions and a lot of them are small, but you know, you have good matches, you have bad matches, you have good opponents, you have bad opponents, but the ones you're going to remember are the ones that are against the guys who are, the best in the business and well-known. So any type of opportunity like that, man, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to. This last weekend I wrestled uh, James Storm, Cowboy James Storm, former TNA champion. So, And we're going to be doing more stuff with him. Um, coming up later in the month, um, I'm not going to be wrestling as Love Machine. I'm wrestling as my other character. But this show I'm on, we're going to have Tommy Dreamer. We're going to have Rhino. James Storm's going to be there. And I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing that night. But once again, um, I'm hoping I can lock up with one of those guys to show people what I can do. That's that's what it's all about to me at this point. Giving the fans the best match I can give them. And being put in opportunities to wrestle guys that more fans will be able to sit there and watch and learn about me and um, – you know, come to know me and hopefully build the character up a little bit and see what we can do. Oh my God! <laughs> what is that comment? Yeah. Well, he's right. You know, to a point. That's why <laughs> I said this mask. You know, this is not the one I wrestle in, guys. This is the one I eat in. Eat all things in this one. And then uh, <laughs> the flavor saver here. And whatever ends up on my mustache, it rubs off here on the mask so I can smell it later. That's leftovers. It's not all bad, man. It's leftovers. It's the leftover mask. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, God, we're going to get Mike Thunder, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. MMT Pro Wrestling. Mike Thunder. <laughs> the MMT Pro Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Oh yeah! Also I got a question. The, I got a question. Open Marriage Champion. 
That's right, the never <laughs> open weight marriage chip, whatever it's called at the moment, because I'm feeling the thunder. Oh, yeah. So I got yeah. a question for Mr. Love Machine Jr. Yeah. I want to know what's your most funniest travel story while either your regular character, yeah, or as the Love Machine Jr. Yeah. Well, that's a good think, question, man. Macho Man. Lots of like thunder. Lots of funny stories, but I just had one like a few weeks ago, actually. That is right up there, man. So we got two guys in this indie promotion I work for, and they often ride together. They're they mean well, but they're not very good. The one. Most mostly they're ring crew guys and referees who are trying to become wrestlers, but in their own heads they're characters. So I've got another wrestler with me. We're driving out from Iowa out to Chicago. These these two guys, man, we call them Dumb and Dumber, Harry and Lloyd. That's just kind of how they are, man. Um, they give me a call. They say, hey, man, they're right in front of me. Let's just, you know, convoy down to Chicago. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, I, I call them and say I'm about to stop at a truck stop if they want to say good morning. So just stop, shoot the shit for a minute, that sort of thing. These two guys roll up, and homeboy's truck is just, like, running on fumes, man. I, and I asked him, I'm like, are you guys going to go get gas or what? And they said they don't have any gas. Now, mind you, this is... Like, we're still probably four and a half hours away from Chicago on the interstate here. These guys, both of them, they reek like alcohol. They reek like cigarettes. And they're already out of gas. I, I told them, listen, now's the time for you to put some make makeup on. Put that lipstick on. Go, <laughs> go, go, uh, go knock on these truckers' doors, man, and see what you kind of magic you got to make because I'm sorry boys I'm not giving you any cash to get down the road for gas so you're going to have to figure it out on your own now I just talked to the promoter and he had told me before these two clowns dumb and dumber had left he gave him about a hundred bucks for gas so that's plenty of money for gas now what I found out is they spent all their money on alcohol and cigarettes and they never put gas in the tank so I didn't really feel any sympathy for them. Now, if they were honestly, let's say they were like late teenagers or early 20s kids trying to make it in wrestling, and they honestly didn't have any money, I would have helped them out. Now, these guys are older than me. They've been yahooing around the business for too long. They had cash in their hand from the promoter, and they decided to blow it on alcohol and and I don't know about drugs, maybe, but cigarettes and alcohol, we'll say. So I just told him, hey, um, go inside. I'll fill your, your truck up, and, you know, I'll use my card. Go inside and take a piss or whatever, and then come back out. It'll be ready. Well, they went inside, and I got in my car, and I hit the highway. I didn't, I didn't fill it up for them. So I get going down <laughs> the road, and they, they're so stupid that they just pulled out of there without looking. They said, hey, I thought you filled up my truck. They're like, we're still on empty. I said, well, brother, you better just uh, get that makeup on like I told you. <laughs> and 
they stop at the world's largest truck stop in Iowa, which that's just uh, at Walcott, Iowa. I think it might be the the gimmick is like the biggest truck stop in America. I don't know if it's true or yep. not, but that's what they claim. So I said, there's probably a few hundred people there, guys. If you're there, I'm going to keep driving down the road. Like I said, tell tell Harry to go show his ass. Tell Lloyd to get his lipstick on. One way or another, you boys will make it happen, and you'll get down the road. So, you know, they do what they do, and uh, I think some honest person actually came and gave them $40. Get this. These guys look like criminals, and someone actually gave them $40 cash. And what's the idiots do? They go in and buy a pack of cigarettes, and they buy more alcohol, and they put 20 in the tank. And I'd, they're almost like running on fumes to get to this show. Now, that's a road story, but it doesn't end there. So we're at the show. The show's finished. I'm clean and sober now after many years of abusing alcohol and drugs. But um, after the show, the promoter hands them each money. He tells them, you guys have a hotel paid. I'd already left because, like I said, I'm clean. I'm not trying to party. I just wanted to get to the hotel. I go to the hotel. The hotel says, yes, the promoter paid for the hotel. However, you have to pay a $50 deposit. You'll get it back in the morning. No big deal. I pay the deposit, go to my room, take a shower, ready for bed. Forgot my medicine out in my car. I had some medicine because I just got out of the hospital. Now, I go out to my car. As soon as I walk out of this hotel, I see these two idiots, dumb and dumber, pulling up. And there's probably three or four crackheads outside this hotel because it's in a bad, bad side of town in Chicago. And they're just, these idiots just pull their fucking truck up right in front of them. They get out. They're, they're fucking drunk. And I said, oh, man, what the fuck? These guys are here. Harry and Lloyd, what's up, fellas? <laughs> I said, what's up, boys? I said, there's a room paid for you. You just have to pay a deposit. They tell me we ain't got no fucking money for a deposit. I said, the room's paid for, guys. I said, between the two of you, you don't have 50 bucks just to get a deposit. And they said, no, they spent it all at the bar. So this is where Levi, my real name, decides if I should be an asshole or should be a nice guy. And I said, well, there's about six crackheads out here. I'm sure if you guys, I'm sure they don't have any money, but you might be able to turn some tricks with them and they might be able to flip you something. They didn't like that idea. And I told them, I'm not going to pay for a deposit because fuck you guys. Just come sleep on the floor in my room. Now... They come to the room. I got another wrestler. He's already asleep. He's in his underwear in the bed. And i it's a big rib I play on him. This one dumb and dumber guy, we'll call him Harry. I have Harry just take all his clothes off. And I told him, you got to get naked and you just got to jump on this guy. Just wake him up. And that's what you got to do if you want to sleep in my room. And so he does, you know. And this fucking worker just ends up laughing and having a good time with it. But... It's guys being funny, and the other one, man, Lloyd, we'll call him, he stunk. He stinks so bad. He's like a guy that never showers, and all he does is smoke cigarettes and drinks. And he just fucking reeks of all time, man. He reeks like motor oil and fucking cigarettes. And my rib I play on him is, and I've done this before, I've shared hotels with him before, I make him sleep on the floor, and once he falls asleep... 
I go and put the bath, I run the bath as ice cold as it gets. And then, so we did this, we had the shower going cold, had the bath water cold, and I have me and my other buddy, we pick him up, and he wakes his ass up, but he's a little guy, so we just fucking shoot, pick him up, and we fucking throw him in the bathtub, man. And he fucking screams like, like there's a girl in there getting fucking abused, man. The fucking whole hotel could have heard this fucking kid scream, man. We threw him in this ice bath. He's fucking screaming, dude. You hear these fucking hotel rooms? The doors just fucking slamming. People looking in the halls because you think someone just got fucking murdered in there. Um, <laughs> other than that, this kid, I've also gave him a swirly before. We've also um, used super glue gimmicks on all this stuff. It's just someone we kind of fuck with all the time and means well. But yeah, like I said, that's probably the most recent funny road story I've got. Um, however, I'm always up to something, man, on the road. I like to have a good time, and we like to play games with each other and just stir shit up, man. Now that I'm sober, I actually have more ideas, and it's actually more sadistic than when I was fucked up all the time. <laughs> when I was fucked up all the time, I didn't care what I did to people, but now my head's clear, so I got all these crazy ideas popping in my head, and this shit's kind of uh, scary, actually. <laughs> more thought out, I'm guessing. More thought out, man. Yeah. What the fuck? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had a visual in my head of the, the wrestler stripping down naked and hopping on the guy, but I had a different outcome. I'm thinking the guy's going to wake up and be like, motherfucker. No, no he was laughing, man, but he was surprised because he was like thrown off. He's like, it's dumb and dumber. How the fuck did they get in here? Like they were, he wasn't expecting them to even be at the hotel. So they should have been 30 miles away somewhere else. And he, they just happened to be halfway naked and jumping on him. So it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That just brings back that just brings back college memories for me. The crazy shit we used to do in the uh hotel rooms and all that. Ugh. And uh I've cut back from drinking the way I used to. I used to be pretty <laughs> well. Um, My thing is is I don't care what people do, man. I just personally don't have I never had control over drinking. Or any kind of drugs. Whatever I'm doing, I do to the max. And it might be my personality. People say, even my own mother says that she thinks it's my personality because um, whatever I'm really into or whatever I like, I do it to the max. And it's the same with wrestling. But Addictive personality, as they call it, because I have the same thing, too. Exactly, so. man. Once I get on a kick with something, I'll really love it, but... I've also had all these ideas of doing stuff outside of wrestling, thinking it's something I'm interested in and trying to jump into it hardcore. And then I just get sick of it and I'm not interested. But wrestling's been the one constant where I'm thinking about wrestling fucking every day, 24 7, man. Wrestling's always on my mind. Nice. And it's funny you said. Uh, activities outside of wrestling. So, what what would you consider a day in the life of Love Machine Junior? Is stuff that you find fun and 
you know, well, what, well, what would catch your attention? Yeah. <sighs> Life's changed for me big time, man. Because I just went from being divorced and got a new woman in my life, and I'm actually clean and sober for the first time in my adult life. So the old me was all about partying. Now, I guess I'm really trying to get in shape for once, and it's not working out something I've never really been into. Um, so I'm learning as I go with that. I'm learning, trying to be a good father and a good loving um, spouse or partner because I was a shitty one before. I was pretty shitty at everything other than wrestling, and I was maybe even shitty at wrestling at that point because I guess I should just say I'm trying to live my best potential, man. Um, but I've kind of I've, I've found God as I've come to know him, and I've also found ways of meditating and other things like that to just try to be at peace with myself. So I'm constantly just trying to be stress-free and live a peaceful life. And part of this uh, journey for me um, has taught me to be as simple as I can, and I've cut out all bullshit that don't really matter to me. And just focus on on what matters. And now I never thought that way before. But like I said, wrestling to me is everything. So if I'm watching anything on TV or on the internet, it's wrestling. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch other shows. I don't. You know, people talk about movies or cartoons or other shit. The only thing I watch is wrestling, and I don't get sick of it because if I don't like a certain style, I just watch another style. I do like music, but I don't really listen to anything new. I listen to the same old shit over and over again. Um, I just got a bicycle, so I've been riding a bike around. Um, just, I don't know, man. Trying to watch my kids grow and be a good dad, too. Um, I got a guitar. I play guitar a little bit. However, that's one of those ideas I had that would be fun to do and just, you know, the more I've been playing, the more I've been like, fuck this. I'd rather just be watching wrestling or playing a video game or something. Now, video game-wise, up until my divorce, man, I was playing fucking PS4 and Xbox One every goddamn day, nonstop. But I was also getting high and drinking, too. Now that I'm clean, and in the divorce, I lost the uh, PlayStation 4, and I sold the Xbox One because I needed cash. So I just dug out an Xbox 360 out of the closet, and I've been playing some old school games. And it's just something to do, man. But consciously, the Love Machine Juniors right now is all about trying to be the best wrestler I can be. And I'm just trying to get as many bookings as I can. And I actually, indie wrestling talk, I guess, if you want to do it, man, a guy like me has always had to work a regular guy's job and then do this shit on the weekends. However, I just now got to where I quit working my full-time job and I'm working part-time now and I'm going to try my best just to like put wrestling first, you know, and the job I have part-time has nothing to do with wrestling hours. Like that's one of the biggest things like me in the past and other guys I know on the indies, you'll meet these guys that are fucking awesome, but they have a job they're tied down to. So you never see them on these big indies because they may never get an opportunity because they're not they're not able to say yes all the time because they're tied down to a job or a wife or some shit. 
And I was tied down to a wife, but I never put her first. I put wrestling before her. And I had all these shitty jobs, man. I've had fucking like 30, over 30 jobs in my adult life where you just got to pay. I would fucking get like three bookings on a weekend, man, and just no show, no call, no show, or I would just call in sick to these shitty jobs and then bounce from one job to another just to try to fucking make some money, but I'd be wrestling. Um, so I just now got a job where the hours line up. It's very early in the morning, and I don't have to work on the weekends. So any chance I can get with wrestling, I'm going to take. And I guess with that said, man, I'm during the day-to-day, I'm trying to work out and ride my bicycle, just try to get in the best shape I can get. Now, one of my inspirations for that is working the show with Christopher Daniels because that dude's in phenomenal shape. I think he's 52 years old. And just my thought in my head was this is a guy who's put wrestling first in his life and he's put his body first in his life. And because of that, he's been rewarded. And I thought, you know, he's not a very big guy. However, he's a very athletic guy. And just by looking at him, you can tell he's puts a lot of time into his body. And I, and that is inspiring me right now to, for the first time in my adult life, you know, putting the alcohol down, putting the drugs down, just to try to, I want to just try to give it all each day and just try to get in the best shape I can get and then go out there and put on the best match I can every time. The old me, I got to where I didn't love wrestling to where I wanted to go out and have a good match. I wanted to go wrestling because it was an escape from my life. It was an escape from my wife at the time. And it was an excuse to go party. I knew wherever I would go, I would get a party hard after the wrestling. And I got to where I started wanting to do that more than actually wrestle. But now that I'm clean and I'm clear-headed, I'm just thinking like, fuck, dude. I want to get as best as I can at wrestling. And I want to go out there and show everybody what I can do. And I want to put on the best matches I can for the fans. That's all I want to do right now. That's my primary focus. And I'm just going for it. That's all I can say, man. But... Other interests, I don't really have hobbies, but other interests would be, um, I like other cultures, man. I like this Mexican culture. I like the Japanese culture. I like visiting places like that. And other than that, man, I'm into art. I draw. And other than that, man, that's probably it, man. I'm trying to basically just live simple and put all my free time into wrestling and family right now. Okay. I mean that makes that makes sense. Sometimes it's always to be good in that type of busy. And I know you mentioned music. You said you listen to the same old stuff. So out of out of my personal curiosity, me being a music fiend, um, what what's your go to in terms of bands and certain songs? Well, I listen to a lot of different '80s music, man. A lot of I'm all over the place, but. I don't listen to anything modern. I like old metal, Judas Priest. I also like um, hair metal to a point. Bands like Rat, bands like the Scorpions, stuff like that. But I also do, the hip hop I like is probably just stuff from the 90s, man, or old school hip hop. Stuff that you'd hear on a classic hip hop station. I don't listen to any modern rap by chance. Um, 
opinions on insane clown posse well i like them because of their involvement with wrestling and i always have yeah. um i thought they were cool with that shit and some of their stuff's pretty cool so if i listen to rap it's usually old school stuff or maybe some icp but like i've got sirius xm radio in my car because i travel so much i listen to ozzy's boneyard because they play basically like iron maiden judas priest um, some old Aussie, different, different old school metal stuff. Um, but that said, man, I'm the type of guy, if it's good, it's good from any genre. Like I catch myself. I am from Iowa, dude. I fucking grew up listening to bullshit country. Now that said, yeah, there's good country and there's bad country. Most of it's shit. Any new country is just like pop. Like it's like I hear a country song from like the 2000s on, and what I think in my head is like, here's a handsome man. They just threw on some boots and gave him a hat, and they gave him a music sheet, and he's got a beautiful voice, so he just fucking sings on whatever. It sounds like shit to me. But there's like some stuff like, you know, Johnny Cash or the really old school shit. Some of that stuff I dig. Waylon Jennings, you know, and Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson, some of that shit where they're just like, they're actually yeah. outlaws. They're living an outlaw life, going down the road, getting high and drinking and just playing the towns, you know. I like the outlaw spirit of some of that stuff, but I'm not like big on country music. It's just one of those things where growing up here, you didn't really have a choice. I was the weird kid in school because I was wearing Iron Maiden shirts and dyeing my hair black and everybody else in my class was like future farmers of America, just, you know, <laughs> straight up, straight up white kids that were into farming and showing their cattle shit like that. Because like I said, I'm from Iowa, man. Like I didn't fit in. I never fit in. I liked wrestling. I liked music. I wanted to be, I was into stunts and doing like crazy shit when I was younger and the other people around me were just like, they didn't like wrestling. I didn't have any friends in high school that liked wrestling. I was the only one. And by the time I was in high school, I had already started training independent wrestling. And people shit on backyard wrestling, but I had actually, I'd been doing backyard wrestling since I was like 10 years old. And that was with older guys and this and that. So doing the backyard shit when I was a kid, man, that was fun. But I knew it was just for fun. I wasn't trying to – back then we didn't like post shit on the internet because the internet wasn't a thing. But the other guys were just like doing it for fun. I already knew I was going to be a pro wrestler someday. So once I got to the actual age, I was like 16, I actually started training with independence and then pursuing the actual dream of being a professional wrestler. And uh, – yeah, man. The high school was, I played sports. I played football. I wrestled. I played baseball. Um, but, you know, once I got my first taste of pussy, I quit caring about sports. And it was all about having a good time and partying, you know. That's all that was about. I mean, there's nothing wrong with partying hard within means, you know. Um, sometimes that phrase, work hard, play hard, comes into play. And especially, you know, the lifestyle of an independent wrestler. 
And I'm pretty sure there's many uh, wrestlers that mention backstories of taking uppers, taking downers, taking other recreational drugs. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's in it's it's just everywhere, you know. Not just pro wrestling; it's it's everywhere, and um, you know, it's just one of those things. I can't imagine as a wrestler being surrounded by that at all times in the locker room, or because that you're known a well-known, whether it's indie or big name wrestler. You know, that even makes it a more easier access, you know, without having to pay for it. Well, for sure, man, and. I was in. I was never a tweaker or nothing, man. I was into the downers. I liked taking pills and fucking smoking pot, drinking. And one of the guys used to be one of my best friends. I'm not gonna mention his name, but he used to work for WWE, and he got me hooked on. Well, I was old enough to make my own decisions, but like you said, there's plenty of shit around. So i just got to where i was mixing happy pills with painkillers and drinking and smoking a lot of weed and just not functioning very well so i'm just i'm thankful i'm clean man and life's going way better without anything you know i don't fucking need it man i'm actually more happy now than i've ever been so but that's what wrestling can do to you if you're not smart if you want to go out and party you're going to find a party all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely get it. It um, it just adds that validation of just, you know, be more appreciative of what we go through now as adults compared to the crazy things we used to do in our youth. I mean, I know I have. For sure, man. And... I remember before wrestling and before I was an addict, you know, I had friends that we would go out and have good, clean fun. But once you start using all the time, you push the good people away and you surround yourselves with the ones that are going to be using too. So it's just a bad cycle. Sounds like a vicious cycle. Um, that is for sure. Logan, do you got any more questions before we, uh, Close it out for our guests. I have nothing. <laughs> I have. I am just absorbing all the information, and just in amazement as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Love Machine Junior. Um, how would our fans would be able to find you on social media, or anyone who's willing to book you? Um, Maybe outside of the Midwest area. I can put some feelers out. I can put some feelers out. Well, this is where I don't know if I should take the mask off or not because it will. they will find out soon enough who I really am. I have a website. It's Levi McDaniel. That's my real name, LeviMcDaniel.com. Basically, mm -hmm. the info up there is about my wrestling career, about the promotion I run. I run a very small promotion. I've just got started out in Iowa. We're looking to build that up. Like I said, we just used James Storm this last weekend. Um, LeviMcDaniel.com. My YouTube is YouTube.com slash LeviMcDaniel. I'll just say I, I give this out because it's I give it out to everybody. Phone number, 515-718-6968. If someone wants to get a hold of me that way, that's an easy way to do it. 
Email McDanielKarate at Yahoo.com. So I'm down for whatever. If it has anything to do with wrestling, I'm there if I can be there. All right? Um, I'm trying to use this gimmick more. Like I said, I used my other name, which just revealed earlier on, but it's Levi McDaniel. That's an indie name I've been using for most of my career. Um, the Love Machine Jr. character has primarily been on these other Lucha shows, Midwest Mexican Wrestling in particular. And unfortunately, there was another promotion that might be folding that I'm supposed to be making my debut at. And that's uh, Lo Mejor de la Lucha Libre. And that was in South Sioux City, Nebraska. I think they'll have some more shows, but the dates are tentative. So good news is, is I know I'm going to be going to Mexico soon. I just can't reveal where and when. Um, and my girlfriend is from there, and we're trying to get it all worked out promotions-wise, this and that. And when I go down there, I don't want to be Levi McDaniel. I just want to be Love Machine Jr., and I want to give it an honest go, and I want to try to build the character and work wherever I can. So if any promotions out there, Lucha-wise, if there's Lucha door companies out here or American style, if they're interested in booking Love Machine Jr., um, just get a hold of me, man, and I'm willing to go wherever. I'll travel wherever I can, and we'll make it happen. So that's about all I got for that, brother. All righty. Well, um for any reason, I know the 21st, we are doing our big SummerSlam live watch along episode. If by any chance, if you're not booked or if you got nothing going on, could we bring you back on the show so we can do the uh, the big watch along? Dude, I just got to check my schedule, but if I'm free, man, I'm there. That'd be cool. Hell yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I got you. When do we turn <laughs> French? Oui, oui. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, do you have to wee wee? No, but since we're since we're gonna be that, you know, image, you know, I ain't gonna say immature, but comically ignorant. Repeat after me: wee 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 <laughs> oh my god, Logan. you know what? I'll be right back. I gotta go take a wicked yes. What? I, I mean, like you def, didn't get... I like the shirt, by the way, Logan. I just now got that. Oh, thank you. I've love. seen these guys four times. First well, time we'll I throw this in there, man. That was actually my first concert I ever went to was Death Leopard. Yeah. And I'm I sure was... that's the same here. Yep. It was, it was in 1996. Somewhere around there for me, too. I don't remember the actual date, man. I was pretty young, and I went with my mom. I was really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> she was, like, shaking her ass and tits, and, like, all these old guys were hitting on her, and I'm just, like, a fucking kid, just like, what the fuck? But Def Leppard was awesome, dude. They they get better with age. Yeah, and the one dude, just the drummer has one arm, dude. He's the thunder god. Pretty, pretty, pretty dope, man. If I had one arm, I'd still probably wrestle, but maybe I would draw more money that way. I don't know. Maybe I should consider. Fuck. I mean, it worked. For, it worked for Zach Gowan. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
I don't think I'd like that just the daily life, but I think I would probably draw more money in wrestling if I was Love Machine Jr. and I had one fucking arm. I mean, it worked for Kerry Von Erich's foot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we went there, didn't we? With that, I'm really just going to do this and hope I stay healthy. Keep all limbs uh, attached. <laughs> wow. I gave the Von Eric claw hold. Yeah, you just woke up the Von Eric curse. I mean, we still got, you know, Kevin and his two kids. Marshall and Russ. Right? I don't oh, know anything God. about them. The young ones. I, I mean, I know Kevin and I know the family from the old school watching the shit, but I haven't kept up with them. So Kevin has um, his two sons, Ross, Marshall and Russ. They wrestled in Japan for pro wrestling Noah, and they uh, they were pretty much trained by Harley Race at his wrestling school. And I think now they're contracted to uh, MLW. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, last I I remember them briefly holding the MLW Tag Team Championships. Exactly. Those some big ass belts MLW got. Nice. And I called it. We did have tacos for dinner. Oh, fuck. Uh, ole. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I know, right? I should have gotten tacos. But that's on a lighter note. Alrighty. Well, anywho, Mr. Love. I'm not, even though you mentioned your alias your actual alias the whole time. I'm still keeping character and call you Love Machine Jr. But it's all good. hopefully we we can have you back on soon. Like I said, uh, we're we're doing the uh, SummerSlam live watch along on the 21st, which is a Saturday, obviously. We're basically we're going to talk shit about SummerSlam. I'm going to talk shit about Goldberg. Yeah, we're going to talk shit about Goldberg mostly. You know. Oh, I'd I'd like to fight him. When he'd go for the spear, man, I just uh, I would just fucking do the leapfrog right over his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vince like, is like, Vince it's not going like, to happen, oh, right? Fire. It's never going to happen. But if they like brought me in and I had a match with him, you know, it would be like they would just tell me to let take the spear and take the jackhammer. But I would legit like just try to fucking fuck that up just for my own well-being. Like I would just move out of the way and just like kick him in the head or some shit. It'd be worth getting blackballed and fired just to have that on the live moment of no selling Goldberg's fucking big spot, taking my money and just getting the fuck out of there. But that ain't going to happen. You never know. Never say never. Never say never. Never. I might give you a weird name in the WWE, but. Yeah, they might call you, you know, know you. they might call you, you know, Bradley Wexler or something. Oh, fuck that, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know that sounds so 1980s, WWF jobber name. The Flavor Saber. Insert different name. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, like Ron Jackson, the Flavor Saver. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got the equipment for it. Like, that's where he, he would show up and be like, yeah. I'm about to savor before he even finished the sentence. The flare. Ah! One, two, three. Match over. He's looking at the lights. 
Right. Story of our lives. Well, Love Machine Jr., um, we thank you for being on the show. Sure, we get to have you back on. Thank you for taking the time out to, uh, you know, grace us with your awesomeness, funny stories, and hopefully we can bring you back on for a part two so we can hear some more funny stories with uh, certain wrestlers and all that. You know, yeah, and as a pro wrestling fan since the age of probably what three, four, um, heavily appreciate everything that you've done in this business. So just want to let you know that, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, appreciate it. Right. Well, had a good time, man. So hopefully we can do it again, man. And Oh, yeah. Well, SummerSlam oh, no, sounds cool. We will. Yeah, anytime, man. It don't have we to be about me. Just getting on here and bullshit and being funny, man. It'll be good. Yeah, we can. Yeah, if you want, we can, like, Craig. Like, Craig has an exclusive deal where he comes in as part of the panel, you know? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, it'd be cool to talk to Craig too, man. I haven't talked to that dude forever, man. So yeah, I know he he works a night job too, so he's not on as much as he used to be. But right. yeah, let's let's make that happen. We can do an episode where it's the both of you guys on there. That would be great. I'm down, brother. I'm down. I'm down for it too, man. Well, look, you have a good night, man, and we appreciate you having you on the show, man. All right, brother. Peace out, man. Thanks for having Too me. Sweet, man. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. We had a Love Machine Jr. Y'all didn't y'all didn't even you know some of y'all didn't believe me. Y'all didn't think it was gonna happen. But guess what? Who said that? Mike World Order delivers. Who said that? Many people. Many. Looking for a lover? A girl talking to your mic. All you have to do is join MikesForLove.com. That's MikesForLove.com. And we're going to make sure we're going to get us a Becky. Yes. Becky. Yes, we will. Well, I, I pardon my I, I I hope you'll forgive me for being slightly late, but AEW oh, no, was good. a phenomenal show. Now, for people watching through the playback, we did get some late breaking news. Now, if for some reason we don't get the full episode, I also want to mention that I did get a pop up from Streamyard mentioning that Twitch was having some problems with streaming. Could be heavy bandwidth, not sure. So if for some reason you guys do not get the full potential episode, please forgive me. Blame Twitch. Don't blame Mike Cook. No, 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 no. Don't no, blame no. StreamYard. Don't you blame me. Because you people like to blame me quick, especially if some shit that I ain't had nothing to do with. Y'all want to blame Mike Cook. Mike Cook is not your scapegoat, okay? I won't stand for it. 
I'm eating. And Logan's eating. I love eating. Well, I mean, I'm not, a, you know. We know. I'm not going to go into some, like, chili eating contest or anything. There was one. All right. Fun story. Not too long ago, we went to a thing called Trader's Village, which uh, on September, Labor Day weekend. Oh. Excuse me. There is going to be a free wrestling show going up. Got some great talent. But anyway, I went to this Trader's Village and there was a chili cook-off happening. Cook-off? You're so New York. And I was one of the judges. Yo, there was some good chili there, bro. I mean, it was hotter than shit outside, so it was, you know... These people were wondering, hey, man, is it that hot? I'm like, no, it's that hot out here. The chili is fine. Chili was delectable, except for one of them. and had a weird aftertaste. Well, wait a minute. It's because they use dog food. That's why. Well, what's going on? A freaking um, Nick Aldis's insurance policy was in the audience at AEW. Who, Camille? Yeah. Yo, Camille is she is high. And I love her country accent. Even though her accent sounds like she's a 50-year-old southern woman. It doesn't her voice does not match her body. No, but her body matches her body. Oh, of course. I mean, she ain't, pancake pancake like pancake. she ain't thick like pancake batter, but she could probably go and press me overhead. But I need to make a confession. You cheated on Raquel Gonzalez. No, I haven't been giving Raquel Gonzalez the attention she needs. I did it, it for you the other day. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's at the point where if you got to do my job, then Hi. I ain't doing my job. But I'm also, we done. mentioned that, yeah, it's been a month. I was still with the party. This isn't because... Oh, maybe it is. I'm like, it's Picante. Brought to you by Pace. Eat. Harris, get your, your tail out of his food. Get your tail out of my tacos. <laughs> get your tail out of my tacos. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I cannot wait to come her with you. Why? Because I don't want her tailing my goddamn tacos. There might be a hair in my taco. If it's not I mine, mean, doesn't most guys don't mind a little hair on the taco? Oh, yeah, I noticed, but I don't need the protein. Take her with you, please. <laughs> Fiber, protein, potassium, whatever. Protein would be We're not doing that. You say grated muscle. You're not cheese. You're not cheese. Cheese. I like cheese. I got cheese on my plate. I like cheese. That's my hit single. I like cheese. But right now it's uh, Allie versus Layla Hirsch. Yo, Layla Hirsch is a beast. A six, what butt. is she, 16 and 4? She's got a big old fat butt, too. She's fun-sized. Oh, yeah, she's Russian and fun size. And she used to wrestle in stardom. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 
You'd be surprised. It's a who's 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 been wrestling in stardom. So, like, the other night, right, I was watching a uh, stardom commercial pay-per-view that they have, right? And guess who I see on there who was part of their six women tag titles? Whom? A woman who wrestled under the name of Evie, who we know in NXT... As Dakota Kai. Uh huh. I was like, okay. So Dakota Kai was in stardom. Yep. She wrestled under the name Evie. Huh. That's another fact I'm going to throw in. Tony Storm's been in stardom. B. Priestley. It's, it's a who's who. Or as she's now called, Blair Davenport. Oh, Lord, yeah. I actually like that name. It fits her. Because now I think of her as like some CIA extreme type character. So my wife is an Orange Cassidy fan. Fuck Orange Cassidy. Oh, you got her to curse at you? Just saying. I ain't never been an Orange Cassidy fan. Well. It's the diversity with Orange Cassidy. No, it's just... I don't know. Like, I get the whole laid-back gimmick of being slow and lazy. Maybe it's because I used to watch him at Nova Pro Wrestling, and I'm like, if I'm paying $30 for a ticket, you better wrestle, you bitch. You want that um, Chikara-era Orange Cassidy. Yeah. (laughs) Like you see on uh, OEE. You know what? I ain't watching OE until I see Disco Shibata. Tomorrow. I know I need to book it. It's already booked. I know, but I want to book it every week. Oh, I want Disco Shibata every week. Okay? I'm the new New Japan Pro Wrestling GM. Okay? I want my Disco Shibata. All right? You want your disco Shibata. Or do I need to translate in Japanese? Katsuyuri? What? It, it, I mean, go ahead and say it in Japanese if you want to. Good. Mida-san, kita kurasai. Ore ga shin nihon pururasu GM no OEE Maiko Kuk desu Disco Shibara Raiski Resune. Oreno. Disco Shibara Ichibano Seki Gonche. Shin Nihon. Wakatanayo. He's going to promote New Japan Strong every Thursday in Japanese. I feel it. Yep. Just like I did just then. Oh, Camille is looking at Leela Hirsch. 
Now that would be an interesting dream match. That is like, she is like ten feet taller than her. I mean, it's Camille. She's ten foot taller than everybody. It does look like a wig, but it's not a wig. No, Camille literally got that long, natural, country girl blonde hair. It's gray. Whatever. She's originally blonde. That's but, true. Yeah. Thomas Latimer must be a lucky guy. I'm just saying, he must be a lucky guy. Oh, yeah. Like, he should have nothing to complain about in life. Then get it. Get it. I want to get it. I'm trying to get it. Well, she's showing me stuff on Amazon. Bet she is. I know you did. And that's why I'm saying get the damn thing. Mm. Taco. Taco. Hey, yo, can I get a taco too? Thank you. You would love a taco. Yeah, I'll take a taco. Oh, next week is uh, Jericho versus Wardlow. So that means they're not digging through each promotion that he did. Ooh, Impact Tag Team titles are being defended on AEW. Holy shit. Ooh, who's going there for I think it was uh, Butcher and the Blade. Ooh, the Butcher and the Blade going against the Good Brothers. Yeah. Ooh, up next is Black and Rhodes. I just want to see the, the bunny. It's live. Well, I don't have TNT because I don't have huh? cable. No, I sadly cannot. Why? Yes, I do. Hurry up. He's coming in. That's what he said. You're watching his intro. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen his intro yet, so this is going to be new to me. Speaking of which, have you listened to his uh, recent episode on Talk is Jericho? Oh, Malachi? Yeah. I'm going to. Oh, Dark Order. I'm sorry. That's a good episode. That's a good episode. Oh. He mentioned the reason why he had the uh, the raising coffin for the entrance. Look at the fucking attire he has. Dark Order? Okay. My bad. So apparently the reason why Aleister Black got that entrance was because the Undertaker was too heavy for it. Oh, you mean the one? Look at the fuck it. You mean the one that he had in NXT and WWE? Yep. Looks like it crawled out of Resident Evil. God, look at that eye. I love how he kept that storyline going. Yeah. Seth did this to his eye. I know, but Seth Rollins did it to his eye. I know. I believe Seth. But it's working. 
eye caused by the fire and everything, but that doesn't actually look like that. I know. He can't look like that when he's a mayor. No. Talking about Kane. I know the chick who's living in uh, Knox County that I used to go to high school with. Oh, really? Yeah. So disappointing. I wouldn't have minded Butcher and the Blade going for the tag titles, by the way. I bet Dark you, Order would. you just want to see the bunny, that's all. Sure. I mean, I know that's why you want to see, you know. I mean, I wish to see Allie more in the women's division, you know. I'm cool with seeing the bunny. I mean, former Impact Knockouts champion. I completely forgot. That's right. I did it. I completely forgot. You want to wrestle? Yeah, like, I mean, I think she should have lost it to Valkyrie. Yeah, I wasn't watching Impact as much during that era. That's disappointing. No, I'm going to tell you what disappointing is. People spending their money and subscribing to women licking into the ears connected to an earphone. Headset, whatever. That shit is annoying. Like, the first time seeing it, it was like, okay. Chick with big fake boobs licking into a mic. Okay. Now it's at the point where it's gotten so annoying because I'm watching nothing but Simps R.S. throwing ducats of money at this woman just so she can stick her tongue next to the microphone and be like, um... I don't get that shit. Who would be in their right mind dumb enough to pay for something like that? You. Fuck you. No, I'm not. I would never, ever trust me. If you can choose to be kind to your body with this bar made with almonds, imagine not my cup of tea. But I'm just going to Milwaukee. Well, I think it's time to do a close. Oh, you think so, huh? Might be. I mean, we got to do a VIP session. Yeah, we are so overdue in doing a VIP session. We are very overdue. Guys. Guys that are in the group chat. Boog, Mikey Starks. Other We're people. inviting you right now for a special After Hours episode after this show. No, we're not. We're not? Oh, never mind. Know. We're not. It's just, <laughs> me. It's just me and Logan. I got multiple self. Yeah. <laughs> Logan said, no, we're not. <laughs> it's my invitation only. It's my invitation. Seats taken. I don't know. There was that one time Mikey had uh, clicked on mikesforlove.com. Oh, good Lord. I still can't. I was listening to that episode at work today, and I can't tell you how hard I was laughing 
to where my coworker looked at me like, what is wrong with you, Mike? And I'm looking at them like everything. Oh my God. Your face lit up even when you smiled. Oh my gosh. I can't help it, man. I, I have that super You're glowing. I'm glowing. Am I Bruce Lee? Sure. I'm glowing. Cody. So about last night. We're not going there. <laughs> 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 Such perfect timing every time I say. Huh? <laughs> hey, J Rod's my, back. My wife is marking out right now. Why? Because she loves Malachi Black. I bet she does. She, she loves wants Mal- some black ass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's damn TV. Yeah, so sure. I was kind of watch little, TV. Kind of a little bit of a promo this morning on my stream, so guys tune in on that. Rude. Yeah, I am rude. No, not you. When he said rude, my, my kicked into my mind. <laughs> Hit my music. <laughs> <laughs> She's marking out, brother. Yeah, I'm walking to my other, uh, my other post. The post that I got a little bit of freedom of for the next two hours, I guess. And it's starting to fucking rain. Great. What's up? Be free and join the microphone. That's right, B3, yo. Because mm. oh, my, my arm has been killing me. Are we going to a close call? Beating your beat. Yeah. Nah, it's with my left arm. I do that with the right arm. Left arm versus right arm masturbation. That's the uh, competition yes, that's going on in my order. Walk us through the hood, Jerrod. Mikey Stark said, walk us through the hood. In the mean streets of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh-huh. I'm not this is not the mean streets of Greenwich. I've been to Greenwich before. There ain't nothing mean about it. It's a bunch of rich yuppies that think they bad. Because they listen to one rap song and they want to be bad. And then I wanna, I'm a drug dealer, mommy. Timothy, oh my God, I'm going to have to go to therapy for that shit. <laughs> Several moments. <sighs> Because my cook is the one. I think yes. Malachi Black is borrowing Darby or Sting's paint. Possibly. Who knows? There might be a it might be another guy to the brothers in paint faction. I don't know. I mean, I can't really say brothers in paint It'd be like father and his sons in paint because the age difference. Anywho, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and do the close, and then we're All right, Goodbye. Whoa, ass. Oh, Logan, <laughs> aren't you gonna make the announcement? Oh yeah, aren't you gonna make the announcement, Logan? 
Once a piece of paper is signed. Okay. Well, once a piece Very of paper soon. is signed. Very soon. Very soon, I guess. All right. Might be tomorrow. Might be tomorrow. Okay. Facts. More people signing papers. All right. It's going to be official. Yes, soon. Sir. I got to get my boots in shape because I'm working out again. Flex. And uh, me and Logan love to wear our hats backwards. This is why we're attacking. He did it. Look at the smile on Logan's face. He's barking out. <laughs> you got to love it. This is... Folks, this is what pro wrestling is about. If you don't watch pro wrestling, you don't understand it. You don't need to be involved in it unless you want to sit down and watch it. But Especially the that it brings us. Especially I mean, if you want to learn. the same way I'm sitting. If you want to learn, you can learn from Mr. Mike Cook, the wrestling historian right here. That man has taught me a lot about uh, different promotions of wrestling that I didn't even know about growing up. That I sure I wish they had in the fucking America. Oh. He got him. He just kicked the him. shit out of Cody. Well, of course, what there's nothing to be. One, two, three. There you go. Oh, the black mass. I, I think he might be still calling it the black mass. I mean, technically, it was it's called the black name. mass in WWE. Black mass when he was Tommy in was. The uh, go behind Hello? used to do. Oh, somebody, there's somebody in there, I think. No, there ain't nobody yeah. in there. There's a lot. Yo, what's your um, my Twitch? He's, uh, in a way, he squashed yeah. Cody. Were you trying to wait with um, live stream show? Yeah, show? he looks strong as shit. Oh, yeah, they, they, were, they were gonna book him strong. He's looking. He he's starting out strong. I'm loving it. Good night, right on the point of the chin. Oi! And Cody sold it very well. I mean, has there someone who's not sold Black Mass well? Yeah, anybody who's anybody in WWE. Well, besides well, there was that one with Lars Sullivan. Oh yeah, he sold it too, like too late. Yes, dream is for his father. Well, alrighty then. So that concludes tonight's episode. Tomorrow night we'll have Kate Hessler from the Mark Order podcast. And then throughout the month we'll be having various guests and whatnot to look forward to. You know, Thank we're you also going to see the return of Master Chibs, or at least I'm working on it. I'll say that I'm working on getting Master Chibs back. Also, we'll be doing our live watch along of SummerSlam. That's going to be entertaining. We're, we're oh, we sure. might have a we might have a possible uh, person who might join us on that watch along. That's cool. I'm about to say Love Machine Junior has been invited too. So it's gonna be a. I'm talking about your one, your number one, your new supporter, the number one who's been part of the MW, who's trying to get into the MWO. Who, Mr. Mayor? 
No, no, no. We already know Mr. Miyagi's already in MWO. We're talking about another person that I know. That's on one of the one of the big streamers out there on Twitch. He's gaming up, and we talked about him. Want to announce it? Am I thinking of Base Kip based on his recent transaction? Bingo. Yeah, he purchased a uh, a Lex Luger style Mike World Order tank top. So that's going to be a. He's the Lex Luger of the Wolfpack. <laughs> I mean, that's what he labeled it the Luger, MWO Luger tank. Shaw was. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He's been a number one supporter, like you know. We need good, we need good people like that in our. In our shouldn't have fired mine. Is he the sixth member? Thank you very much. We got him. Yeah, so let's close this out, Mike. Go ahead. Alrighty. So that being said, on behalf of Logan Slater, CEO of OEE. And the executive backstage guy, J-Rod. I am your host, Mike Cook, a.k.a. Mike Thunder, whenever he wants to come out. I will see you guys all the The never openweight champion. Never marriage openweight champion. And the Mandingo champion for MMT Pro Wrestling. There you go. The Mandingo champion. Oh, my God. This is all three of us signing out, telling you guys, we'll see you tomorrow night because tomorrow will be Thursday. You know what time it is. See you guys tomorrow night. And may God have mercy on your soul.